It's good to be back in the house of the Lord. You know, uh, Pastor Tony and I were away last week and um, went to Denmark, and uh, it was it was brilliant. It was really good uh, for very different reasons. Um, but what you know, you, whenever you go somewhere like that, you you take in so many things. You take in the culture, the place, because you want to see a bit of the place and do all that kind of stuff. You take in the church. Then you're obviously thinking about your responsibilities that while you've got while you're there. Um, but then when you come home, you have time to kind of ponder and reflect a little bit. And what always amazes me is how whenever we see, I mean, I think we had about eight different nations, was it, around about that? And what amazes me always is that, you know, we talk about we're a multicultural church, and we are. But, but when you look at, when you take, you know, a, a Slovenian and a Romanian and a Dane and a... And, a German, and then an Austrian, and then an Englishman, and then a Brummie, because they're a different nation, let's be honest. And then you get a Cockney, even worse. So it's all, all these different nations are all coming together. But, and they all have different cultures. Most of them have different languages. Most of them have different, and we are so, honestly, tell you what, we are so blessed to be British, or so blessed to, be, to have the language, the English language is our main language, because everyone else learns our language. It's wonderful. I wouldn't like to have to learn Romanian, trust me. And, we, and I struggle even reading Danish, so I'd have no idea. So we have less of that. But what amazes me is how, without, with all those different cultures, with all those different sort of um, differences, when you try and organize something, everyone's got a different idea if you leave them to their own word, if you leave them to their own kind of devices. Every church will be different. Every, the way they see things, the way, what they think is good is different. But when we come together as Isaac pastors and youth, as leaders, the one thing that brings us together is the word and the preceding word. Because it's the assignment that God has given, not just to a church, or not even just to a nation, but to the nations. Because when we hear the preceding word, it brings the truth coming from heaven and it's the same for Bulgaria as it is for Switzerland, as it is for England, as it is for Malaysia, as it is for anywhere else in the world. The assignment and how it's at words might be slightly different, but we are called under the banner of truth. Amen? And so, you know, we have to, if we want to see Christ revealed, we want to see the church reformed and our, and our nations and our cities transformed, which is the preceding word, then we have to give everything we are to that in order for us to have a common destiny. Amen? Okay. And this morning, the, 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 the title of this morning's message is, well, you can, it's opinions that become strongholds. Because, you see, recently, there's been a certain movie that's caused quite a lot of commotion. Yeah? Forget black or blue or gold or whatever. There's, this, there's these shades of grey, isn't there, that everyone's talking about. And almost everybody I know, thankfully, doesn't go to church... Because if you were going to church and you call yourself a Christian, you're going to see the movie, I'm a little bit concerned. But the opinion about that movie is, for the majority of people in this, in not just this nation, in all over the world, is that it's just a movie from a book. And it's okay, because it's just what it is. It's not pornography, it's not this. 
come on, give me a break. It is. But you and I will know that, and you and I will stand together, or I would like to think that we will stand together on the truth about what God sees that represents. It's not just a movie. It's not just a movie that's rude. It's, it's, it's much deeper than that, and it's much worse than that. But there's a deception that comes in the nature of this world that says that's okay. And the only opinion that people have is, not whether it's right or wrong, but whether it's my thing or not my thing. I know some people who have not gone to see it, not for any moral outrage, but just because it's not my thing. But we have to learn a deeper sense of truth about these things. And if we are, as a church, if we are going to come together, and we are going to see what God wants for this house fulfilled, then we have to learn the deeper understanding of truths, and we have to go beyond opinions. Amen? And so this morning, I want to, I want to go through, you know, it was, quite, it was quite a good morning, actually, this morning. It kind of helped me quite a lot. It's kind of led quite nicely to what I'm going to speak about. Um, and, but how it, how it outworks, I don't know, because I wrote this message a couple of weeks ago. Um, and also, so I received this message a couple of weeks ago. And then I got back from Denmark, and it all got rewrote last night. <laughs> so we'll see. <laughs> and then this morning, God gave me something else. So I've got all this stuff to cram in. I've got to try and mess, you know, see what to leave out. So let's, let's get a couple of definitions of an opinion. So, and you can find this on Google. So you can verify that, which I'm saying. It says this, an opinion is a view or judgment formed about something but not necessarily based on fact or knowledge. A view or judgment formed about something, not necessarily based on fact or knowledge. And another one is it is a belief or judgment that rests on grounds insufficient to produce complete certainty. And that's scary. When you, when you look at that, you look at what an opinion is, that it's, it's on, it rests on grounds insufficient to produce complete certainty. Where Now, when you type in the definition of truth, it's a, little, it's a little more difficult. You just start all these blogs about what is truth and all that kind of stuff. But truth is that which conforms to reality, fact, or actuality. So for us as Christians, we must understand what is truth, what is fact about and what is actual actuality about that which we say about Christ Jesus, about the, about, the profess, about the faith that we profess. But we cannot just, we cannot be people who just believe something and have no knowledge, can base it on no facts of life, and it rests on ground insufficient to produce certainty. Because if we can't have complete certainty about our faith, then we open ourselves to other things. And if you would, if you'd like to come into your Bibles with me, I'm going to read from 1 Timothy, chapter 4. So 1 Timothy, chapter 4. And we're going to start from verse 1 to 8. Before I say that, there's two things I want to mention. Two points about opinions. An opinion becomes dangerous 
when it sets itself above or against the word of God. An opinion becomes dangerous when it sets itself up above or against the word of God. And the other thing about opinions, they can be received and also given. I give my opinion to you. You know, if you ever listen to Pastor Tony and Phil talk about football, you'll hear a lot of opinions about football. And they will give, there's a lot of giving of opinions, but I'll be honest, there's probably not a lot of receiving of those opinions. (laughs) But opinions go both ways. But I want us to really look at this scripture and and see what God is saying. So I'll, I'll read it through. So from 1 Timothy 4, start from verse 1. It says, The Spirit clearly says that in later times some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Such teachings come through hypocritical liars whose consciences have been seared as with a hot iron. They forbid people to marry and order them to abstain from certain foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and who know the truth. For everything God created is good, and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving, because it is consecrated by the word of God and prayer. If you point these things out to the brothers and sisters, you will be a good minister of Christ Jesus, nourished on the truths of the faith and the good, and the good teachings that you have followed. Have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly. For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. Powerful scripture. Powerful scripture. And we look at the first part where it says, The Spirit clearly says that in later times some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits, taught by demons. You see, here's the thing what I found about some people is, you know, there's nothing, you know, we all have opinions. We all say we, are, we all have an opinion about something. We all have many opinions. I have, opi- I have opinions on, on everything from football to music to work to all sorts of things. And opinions are not always bad, which is why we have to understand what there is an opinion and then there is a dangerous opinion. And a dangerous opinion is something which will, which will set itself up above or against the word of God. And we have to be able to recognize which is which in order to keep our lives from coming into trouble. And from us as a house and from us as a church to be, to, 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 to be unable to be aligned and, and, and therefore become divided. Amen? So it says that some will, late, will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits. There's two reasons. There's generally two reasons why that will happen. It's because some people refuse to give up their opinions. Some people, when you hold an opinion, I, don't, I like the way I think. You know, there are some, there are some for example, there's some men, they think that as long as they work and they earn money, it doesn't matter how they earn it or how they what they have to do to sacrifice to do it, as long as I'm doing that, I'm doing my job as a man of God. And as long as my kids go to church, I'm doing all right by God. That's just an opinion. 
Is it based on fact, on truth? Is it based on the word? Well, I think you'll find, no, it's not. But if we hold on to it, we become deceived. We begin to deceive ourselves and we, and we are therefore become led astray. And why is that? Because you know what? Your opinion is your opinion and no one can take it off you. An opinion is something which is mine. It's my opinion. In my opinion, this is the way things should be done. And so often in church, you would expect that in church, we follow and we work by the truth. But so much of the church is still led by people's opinions. And we think that my opinion is my opinion, and that's okay. And, you can't, and who are you to, 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 to say I'm wrong? This is my opinion that I've held for however many years. This is my opinion which I can try and, and say this, 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 and this. But we become deceived. And if it sets itself up against or opposing, against or above the word of God, the truth of God, then the word says we will become, we will abandon the faith. Because we cannot let control of those things that we've, we've begun to form in us. And the other thing is that we start to take other people's opinions as our own opinions. You know, I, a friend of mine told me this little, this little sort of story. That he, 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 says, he says that the reason why, one of the reasons why he married his wife was for entertainment purposes. He said, because she's just so funny, but she's also quite gullible. So he, he just decided just to say, do you know where oil comes from? She's like, no. He said, it comes from under the sea. It comes from shells in the sea. She's like, really? Yeah, that's how you get oil. It comes from on, on, the, on the sea, and in the sea, and, you know, the shells. That you, have you ever wondered why there's a petrol station called Shell? And it has a symbol of a shell on it. Yeah, well, that's why it is. That's, that's, that's it. So he tells her, all right, yeah, yeah, right, right, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's fine, yeah. And so he just leaves it, thinking that's all right, until the week after, they've got all the friends around for a curry. I'm fresh with this information. She goes, do you know what? What? Do you know where oil comes from? And you can expect, <laughs> everyone's like, go on, where? <laughs> Thinking they're going to say oil wells or whatever. It comes from shells in the sea. So you can imagine everyone's response of, get out, shut up. But she went, no, 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 it does. It really does. And have you not ever wondered why there's a company called Shell with a big shell on the front? Duh. And she's making a bit of a fool of herself. Now, he's just, my mate's just laughing in the corner until obviously she realises and then goes and punches him. But that's about... <laughs> but, it, but this is the thing, is that sometimes we take on what someone else says without actually finding out whether it's the truth or not. We, just, we take it on, we take it on board. Now that sort of thing, it's not going to destroy somebody's life apart from embarrassing the poor girl. But the thing is, is that this can happen so easily in our lives. And we look at the next part. Now Proverbs says, Fools find no pleasure in understanding, but delight in airing their own opinions. So there are a lot of people that love to air their own opinions. But sometimes that's you. 
But sometimes we're the ones on the receiving end of this. And this is what the Bible says. In the next part, it says, They forbid people to marry and order them to abstain from certain foods, which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and who know the truth. For everything God created is good. Do we believe that? And nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving. Because it is consecrated by what? The word of God and prayer. Here's the thing. If opinions are not brought under truth, then they begin to form part of your identity. You see, I know a girl, and I won't mention who she is because obviously it's, it's not right. But this lady believes she has no voice to speak before men. She, has, she, believes, she, has no, she believes she has no voice, really, to speak of anything, but specifically before men. Why? Because other men's opinions that have been spoken to her and the things, are things that men have spoken to her have not, have, even though they are their opinions and they do not align themselves with the word of God, they do not align themselves with that which God says. Would we, would we agree that women have a voice in the church? And I would like to think that we are a house that advocates that, that we are a house that encourages women. And, and, does, it, and does, does God back that up with his word? Do we see women having a voice in, in the word of God? Right, so we know it's truth. But yet still, if you allow the opinion of someone else to form in you, and it stays there, it doesn't just become someone's opinion, it now becomes part of who you are. It now starts to become of who you think you are. But it doesn't align itself with God's word. But here's the thing, when you stay there long enough, you, it then sets itself above that which God says. So this girl, the word may say, that you are, you are my daughter and how precious you are and you have a voice to your generation, not just to other women, but to anyone. But she can't see that. So even now when you, when you give her the word, so she starts to reject it because she can't accept it. Why? Because these opinions, she has allowed the opinions of men and other people to begin ingrained as part of who she is. And it becomes a stronghold. It becomes a stronghold. And this is what the word says. It says, it says here that, it says that uh, they forbid them to marry and to order and abstain from certain foods. But, they weren't, but, that, but these are things that God created to give us with thanksgiving. So the things, what it starts to do is if we allow this to take place, then what happens is, is the opinions of men start to rob us of the things that God has set aside for us. The things that God intended for us to receive with thanksgiving, we now cannot receive because of the strongholds that now lay in our lives. But they are not based on things that can give us certainty. They are not based on the, on the truth of his word. They are based upon the opinions of other people. And this is killing the church. This is robbing the church of that which God has re- as, as wants us to receive and wants us to step into. You see, so it, it's, it, it comes by two ways. But we are here to be nourished on the truths and train ourselves to be godly. But why? It says to prepare us 
for the life that is to come. It says in the scripture that physical training has some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. I'm not just talking about a heavenly life. We're talking about that God is preparing, we are in a season now where God is preparing us for the life to come. Because that's why we have the preceding word. It comes to our lives to say, this is the way you should walk. This is what I say you can do. This is who I say you are. And so prepare yourselves with my truths. Nourish yourselves on the word of God. Nourish yourselves on that which is right, that which aligns to my word and the word coming from heaven to prepare you for the awesome things that I have laid in store for you. Have we not heard that God has plans afoot for us? That in three years there's going to be a school, We're going to, the nations are going to be affected by us. But how can it be if our opinions supersede the truth and the preceding word of God? We have to start to recognize that which are lies caused by other people and that lie within ourselves, which keep us from the life that God is preparing for us, has prepared for us. This isn't that God may have a life prepared for us. God already has a life prepared for us. But not just for you as an individual, but for us as a corporate body. But this morning we must understand the danger of the strongholds of our opinions and the strongholds of the opinions brought to us. So let's try and bring let's try and bring some some clarity to where we're going this morning. So if you would, will, would you turn with me to 1 Samuel 22. God started speaking to me a few days ago and he just, you know what, when I was about to open my Bible and God just went, start reading about David. And it's like, where? There's a lot about David. Where? But God led me to this scripture. And I really believe that this is something which we must fully begin to see now at the place where God, what we have been speaking about all year. But we must start to understand now where we are in order so we can make the right decisions. We can start to see that which is in ourselves. So, if you look with me, 1 Samuel 22, and we're going to start with verse 1 and 2. It says, David, so this is King David. So the King David, King David had had the word. He had the, the prophet Samuel had come to him and anointed him and said that you are going to be king over Israel, over all his people. And then David, obviously, he'd beaten Goliath. He then came into the service of the king. Saul starts, began to be jealous. He then sent David away with his thousand men. David then became the hero of Israel because he st- with his thousand men, he began to conquer wherever he went. And then Saul tried to kill him, because obviously that's what you do. So David is now on the run. And it says, David left Gath and escaped to the cave of Adullam. When his brothers and his father's household heard about it, they went down to him there. And those who were in distress or in debt or discontented gathered round him, and he became their commander. About 400 men were with him. So David, now whenever you, if you look at scriptures beyond this, and we'll, we'll come to one in a moment, this was known, that the cave of Adullam was known as the stronghold. 
It was known as the stronghold. And this was a place that David came because he was under attack. His life was under attack. But then we look at three distinctive kinds of people who came to David. And it's the three, the three kind of people are this. There are those who are in distress. Who are those that are in distress? Distress is extreme anxiety, sorrow, or pain. They are people who are suffering. They're in pain. They're in agony. They're afflicted. They're tormented. They're in, they're in, they're in heartache. And they've had heartbreak. So these are seriously, the distress is not just a word we say, oh, they're not very happy. No, these were people who seriously had received heartache. These are people that were in pain. These are people that were, were afflicted, were tormented. And then there are those, and you, you look at that, and you look at how many people are in the church would say that they're in distress. How many of us can say that we've been in that place, or we are in that place, where we have, we're carrying heartache, we're carrying pain, we're carrying torment, whether it's from mistakes, whether it's from all the all, you know, situations that seem to overwhelm us? Would that, would, would, that, would that be logical to say that there are people in the house like that, or in most churches like that? Then there are those in debt. Now, debt's an easy one. You owe money. But what kind of people generally get in debt? You've either got those who have come into misfortune, yeah, so those who have tried their best, but it's just, you know, situations have taken place and they're in a, and they're in a real pickle. But what you find is a lot of people are in debt are people who are impulsive and ill-disciplined. Because most people in today's society, when you look at most debt, it's credit card debt. It's the, it's the debt that says, I'll, I'll not save for it, I'll just buy it. Yeah? been there <laughs> so it's it's not something that is it's it's a debt and most of the nation is carrying a debt most people because we've been taught it's okay you go you spend what you want you pay for it some other time but but then when that some other time comes you then fall into being distressed because you have a debt and because we've made mistakes and because we've, or because we've had misfortune. These are, these are the kind of people who came to David. And then there were those who were discontented. These are people who were dissatisfied with one's circumstances. These are people who are fed up. They are malcontent. They are unhappy. They are, they are aggrieved. And they become resentful. These are people who become restless, impatient, querulous, frustrated. And they have bitterness of soul. This is deep wounds, deep things that have begun to set in place. And these things become strongholds. But in, within those times, whenever we have these times, our opinions come to the forefront. Our opinions. Now these people, had they, we have to assume, because these are the people who amazingly became David's mighty men. So we need to keep that in context. These are the people who became David's mighty men. There was 400 men. But they ran to a place, they ran to the stronghold. And if you look in 1 Samuel, oh, hang on, sorry. I'm getting ahead of myself here. So do these sound like a group of well-oiled, well-trained, emotionally stable Aligned people. No. Would you say these people have got 
full of all different kinds of, if you look at how they've got into the situations they're in, people who've made mistakes, people who've taken on other people's problems, people who've taken on the opinions of others, people who've formed inaccurate opinions of themselves, people who've formed inaccurate opinions of others. Would we say that this is all going on in this kind of mess that, that David found himself becoming the commander of. I mean, this is a guy who the last time he was under the command of anyone had the finest men in Israel. Well-oiled, well-trained, well-disciplined. And they commanded and took everything they did. But look what happens in this situation. In the next chapter, in chapter 22, verse 5. But the prophet Gad said to David... So now we see the prophet is now speaking. The prophetic word is now coming to, to David and his household. It says, do not stay in the stronghold. Go into the land of Judah. Why Judah? Where was David told, he was, where was, when he was anointed, where was he going to be king? He was going to be king in Judah. He was going to be king over Israel. So the one, but where was Saul in Judah? The place where your opinion goes, I ain't going there. I'm going to get my head chopped off. But guess what? Saul was hunting him. If he'd have stayed in the cave, would Saul have found him? Yes. And with his mighty band of distressful, debt-ridden, discontented people, do you think he would have stood a chance? No. So the prophetic word comes, and it's not always nice. It's not always what you want to hear, but it's the truth coming from heaven. But why? Because God always looks at the prophetic destiny that he has in store for his people. Because God knew the life that David was going to have. Not the life that he saw there and then. And we have to be, come under the understanding that there is a life that we have now, but there is a life that we see ahead. But it's the prophetic word, the preceding word, aligned with the word of God that allows us to be able to go beyond where we are into the region where God wants us to. But our opinions will tell us, stay in the stronghold. It's safe in this place. It's safe with my opinions. It's safe with what I, where I think I should be. Because as we say, how many people live in crisis? They feel more comfortable in the opinion of crisis than they do to take the hard journey away. But let me give you some hope. In Samuel, in the next chapter, 23, verse 1. David, it says here, when David was told, look, the Philistines are fighting against Caleb and are looting the threshing floors. He inquired of the Lord saying, shall I go and attack the Philistines? The Lord answered him, go attack the Philistines and save Caleb. But David's men said to him, here in Judah we are afraid. How much more then if we go over there and attack the Philistine forces? Why? The Philistines were a well-drilled army. The enemy of our soul is well drilled. The enemy of our soul knows how to kill, steal and destroy. But as the church, the opinions we have and the strongholds that allow us, that are in us, keep us as a, as a rabble. Keep us as a bunch of people with, of misfits with different problems. 
But we have, to, we have to see now that God is taking us. Now, what, the one thing I, you, always, you always sometimes forget is when you say chapter 22, then chapter 23, you kind of assume it's instant. But then when you read, and we won't go to it, but when you read Chronicle, um, yeah, 1 Chronicles and 2 Samuel, you hear David giving accounts of his mighty men. And there was a process that says what happened between chapter 22 and chapter 23. How do you go from being a, a band of, of discontented, debt-ridden, fearful, anxious, distressed people to becoming an army where the leader is saying, we're going to go take the Philistines. We're not just going to go into the territory that, where the prophetic word said, we're now going beyond. We're now going into new territories. You see, if we maintain our strongholds, we maintain the opinions that God says about ourselves, then guess what? You will never take new territory in your life. You will always stay in the position that your opinions or the opinions of others will say you are. Because we allow, because we, we, because we supersede the word of God. And what we do is we, set, we basically make the word and the preceding word of God null and void. But as a house, God is preparing us for new territory. As a house, God is preparing us for a new day. And that is why we have discipleship. Always on it again. We have to understand that, and God gave me this, there's a process that had to happen for David to get hold of these men and train these men so they thought like he did. The word said, when, when it said, but the prophet said to God to David, do not stay in the stronghold, go in the land of Judah. So what's David's response? So David left and went to the forest of Hereth. David submitted his opinions, submitted his thoughts to the will and the preceding word of God. And he had to train these men to be the same as he was. It's not just physical fighting. We see in the Old Testament, it's always about an army and physical. But what does the word previously say? Physical training has some merit. But we are to be godly men and women of God, nourished on the truth so that we may go into the life that has been prepared for us. And so God gave me this picture this morning. So I'll, I'll say it. Think of a dishwasher. All right? So we've got a dishwasher. So you're a, imagine yourself, you're a glass, you're a, well, let's just say you're a glass. We'll, we'll call yourself a glass. We're all different shapes and sizes of glass, right? Some have got the Coca-Cola glasses, some are a wine glass, some's a pint, fragile, yeah. Some's a mug, proper man mug, yeah. All different kinds of glasses and mugs and cups. But in order for us to start the process, we first must understand that we need cleaning. We have to come to the realization that there maybe there are opinions in my life which are holding me back. Maybe there are other, opinions of, other people's opinions that I have taken into my heart and in my life which are causing me to remain in distress, in debt, and in discontentment. That I can't seem to break through in an area and the truth of God can't seem to come through because my opinions keep superseding it. So therefore there has to be a position where we realize that we need to be cleaned. 
there has to, that we need to go to the process. And I, I'm challenged this because I love, you know, Authentic Sunshine has been going for over a year. But I would hazard a guess 40% of the church are not coming. Could be wrong on that. About right. So, and I, if all the guys talking to the whole church and we're all taking part of this, then maybe I don't need to say it. But the reality is, is what we see in actuality and reality is that people at different points are not all responding the same way. So I have to assume that there are different opinions in this room. I have to assume that there are opinions that either you have about yourself or you have about the church or you have about discipleship which don't align with the word of God. Yeah? I'm not just accusing. I'm looking at what is actual, what is reality, because that's what truth is. Amen? Okay. Secondly, we have to understand that these things in us stop us from entering into the life that God is preparing for us. That it's not just that I'm a little bit, oh, well, you know, I don't mind a bit of dirt. It's fine. You know, it's like, it's like some people... You know, if I, if I get a glass out of the cupboard, I, want, I make sure, I put it to the light, can I see anything? Because I don't like dirty glasses. But other people think, oh, it's all right, it's all right, you know, and they'll use it. <laughs> Different standards. But <laughs> we, have to, we have to look at that. There's something in me that is stopping me from being used by my Father in heaven to the, to the level that he wants me to be used. The second point, the next point, you have to allow someone to put you into the dishwasher. That's the bit we don't like. Someone has to pick you up by the hand and say, you need to go through this process. So I am going to put you into the dishwasher. Kicking and screaming, yeah. But you see, we, we often like to think that, oh yeah, this thing's in, but I'll just let Jesus sort it. But God uses men of God God is using this leadership in order to pick you up. We're not the ones doing the cleaning, remember. It's his word. It's his presence. It's his Holy Spirit. But we are the ones who have to put us in the place where God can cleanse, purify, and align us. Amen? But we have to come to that position where we go, it's okay, I'm going to let your man handle me a little bit. But here's the thing. Is a dishwasher made for one one glass? Has it got the capacity for many? Right. That's why the whole house is to come through the same process. That's why the whole house, because we're like one big dishwasher. And we have different trays, and we have different, different things. Why? Because we're all unique. We're all made individually. The things that need cleaning in me are not the same things that need cleaning in Chris. They're not the same things that are cleaning in Edna. Why? Because God knows that. But when you use it all, when we're all clean, we can be used for anything that God wants us to be. Because in the whole house, there are plates, there are cups, there is cutlery, there are knives, there are forks, there are all kinds of things. There are things for, for holding, there are things for draining. Because when you look at the whole set in the kitchen, you need a lot of things to make it work. If you're holding a party, you need all of those things. That's why God knows that we are individual. He knows there are different things that have been placed into our lives. 
that maybe we didn't ask for them. But maybe we've made mistakes and allowed them to come in. But God is saying now it's time to leave the stronghold. But you've got to allow someone to pick you up and put you into the place where God can cleanse you. Next, you turn the dishwasher on. You have to then allow the Holy Spirit's living waters to come in and start to work inside you. What's the hardest bit to get out? It's the stuff stuck at the bottom. It's the stuff stuck at the bottom. It's like if you're, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not rich and I don't have a dishwasher because my house isn't big enough. So I'm a manual man. I, I clean it. Yeah, I am the dishwasher. I'm a living dishwasher. <laughs> and sometimes, because glasses are all different shapes, it's hard to get your hands in. So you need the water and the soap to do the bit for you. Or you have to use the right instrument in order to get the bits that are stuck in the bottom. And that's the deep things of our hearts. There are so many of us that have been holding on to opinions and things that are out of alignment. But God is saying, if I'm going to correct you, I'm going to bring you into alignment, you have to let the Holy Spirit come in and start to work in the deep places that are stuck, that have been ingrained. You see, sometimes... You know, have you ever seen it on the, fa- you know, you've been, if you say you've done a big pasta dish, you have to put a bit of fair in and leave it to soak overnight, don't you? But see, the great thing is that sometimes we have to soak in that which the Holy Spirit is trying to say. God, there's a process. He's not saying, wham, bam, thank you, man, that's it, you're in and out in two minutes. There's a process. There's the deep clean option. There's the eco option. But God wants to do a deep clean amongst his church. God wants to make nourished, truthful, aligned sons and daughters. But we have to adjust to that which God is bringing on his to through discipleship in this, in, this, in this part of our life. Now, as I said, discipleship's not a course. So discipleship's not ending. But in the cave of Adullam, before David was able to say, my army can now go and take you into new territory, he has to know he has an army that feel the same, think the same, look the same, smell the same, and act the same. And when, now, now, when you get dishwashers, when you open your dishwasher up, does everything look clean? All right, in a good dishwasher, I'll rephrase that. In a good dishwasher, we're finished. Not the cheap stuff you get from the supermarkets, but we're finished. Does everything look clean? And you, when you open that dishwasher, and all the steam comes up, doesn't it? And everything looks great, and it's shiny. That is the bride of Christ. That is the church he's coming for. That is the church that he's looking to build in us in this time. But we have to be willing to go through the process. Correction has to come into our lives. If we don't allow correction to come into our lives, then we will never be able to adjust and be aligned to the will of God. You know, when Pastor Peter uh, and Karen came um, last year at Agents of Change, um, now, you, you and I know, that those of you who've been here for long enough, that the first year, Pastor Pete got M&I up, and he prophesied over us and, and others. The second year, they came and gave more prophecies, because that's when we were brought into eldership. So they prof- prophesied over us again. So M&I had, had two years of prophetic words. And when we came to the last morning... Um, on the Saturday, I think it was. It was a Saturday. I've never had this in my life before. 
But I didn't want another prophecy. I'm like, quite enough, thank you. Quite enough. I don't really need any more. Now, normally, you don't say that, do you? You normally, when, whenever there's a prophet, and you know it's a prophet, you know someone is, is accurately aligned, you go, oh, come on, yeah, yeah, speak of me, come on, here's me, yeah, go for it, go for it. Why? Because you want to hear what God wants for your life. You want to hear clarity that God is speaking. I do, and I did. I used to love it. And I used to, I remember the years when I was younger, I used to get dead miffed if no one spoke over me. It's like, oh, let's speak over them. But, but then, I'd had these prophetic words that had come over my life and Emma and I's life together for the last two years. I'm like, I've had quite enough. So then we got called out again. I'm like, oh God, not again. Not again. And so then I'm thinking, just, just, just say Jesus loves me. Just say Jesus loves me. I'm happy with what I've got. Just say he loves me. And then, and then he starts talking and then he starts speaking. And then he's, you're going to be training. You're going to open the heavens and you're going to do this. I'm thinking, Oh, no, no, stop, stop, stop. I don't want any more. And then, just as so he's finished, then Pastor Tony gets old. I'm like, oh, stop it. Just stop speaking. Stop it. I don't want any more. Because the thing was this. I felt I was inadequate to be able to do that which the word of God came over my life. My opinion of myself was, I can't do that. How am I supposed to live up to that? How on earth am I, you know, and the thing is, you've, most of the, all the prophecies I've had, the major prophecies in my life, have been in this building, and they've been in public arenas. I've never really had a private prophecy. It's always been in the public eye. So when you start saying you're going to raise a generation, you're going to be a junior apostle, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to open the heavens, you're going, to write, you're going to write books and scripts and do all these different things and training manuals, you're thinking, flipping heck. How am I going to do that? How am I going to do that? And we really began to struggle. I can't live up to this. But it wasn't God's truth that was in me. It was my opinion of myself. My opinion of what I'm capable of. My opinion that I'd allowed to become a stronghold in my life. So I began to disbelieve that which God had said. I didn't tell him that. Because I don't tell God, I just believe him. But the way I was acting, the reality was I wasn't walking as a man who believed in that which God had said over him. But then M gave me this great little uh, quote by Lisa Bevere. It says, pretending to be what you are not will drain you of the energy you need to become all you're meant to be. Because you were not, when God brings his prophetic word, when God brings the preceding word, he's not expecting us to be there right now. He's a good, loving father who is telling us to, to, to prepare for that which I am about to do in you. But just like chapter 22 to chapter 23, it's not one day or one week or one month or even one year. It's a season that God tells us when it's time to move on to the next stage. But our opinions are the things that cause us to stumble and fall and stay in the stronghold. But the prophetic word is saying to us, church, this morning, it is time to allow yourself to be corrected from the opinions that you've allowed to be formed in your life. It's a time to adjust to a new position. It's time to adjust to a place of authority and power that so God, so his kingdom can come on earth. And it wants to come through you. You are not subject, you are not an exception to the rule. 
You are included in what God has said. But your opinion of yourself might say, well, I've heard it before. It never came to pass in my life, so it won't come this time. That's why people say, oh, I've been discipled before. That's why when you tell someone God wants to use you, 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 old teachings, old things which are not truths, they're just people's opinion, will hold you back. I, I spoke to women, anyone who's a slightly older lady will probably remember women in the old days were told, you don't have a voice in the main meeting, that's for the men. Well, tell my wife when she got up. But that's an opinion that you've allowed to become a stronghold, which is a false truth. And God is giving us a time now of deep cleansing. God is bringing us in a time of training where he thinks, okay, there's time to remove those opinions. There's time to remove those things that have held you back. There's time to move. You're not supposed to do it in a week, but you have to be willing to go into the dishwasher. You have to be willing to let the waters of the Holy Spirit start to stir inside of you. And as they start to stir inside of you, and the, and the, and the healing power of the Holy Spirit, it starts to unlock the opinions that we have about ourselves. It starts to unlock those things that God, that we have allowed others to put on us. Because God wants an aligned house. God wants an aligned house, an aligned church. As brothers and sisters in Christ where we go together. But here's the challenge. And with this, I'll finish. Where's it going? There we go. Hebrews. Hebrews 3, chapter 7. And with this, I will finish. Okay, so Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7. So, as the Holy Spirit says, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion, during the time of testing in the wilderness, where your ancestors tested and tried me, though the, through the, though the 40 years they saw what I did. So these are people who've they've seen what God has done, but even in the wilderness, when God has come and met your needs, you still haven't changed your position. You still haven't changed your thought and your heart towards him. You've stayed where you are because your opinion says it's okay to stay where I am. The thoughts of it's okay or I have to stay where I am because I'm not worthy enough to go any further. It says, this is why I was angry with that generation. I said, their hearts are always going astray and they have not known my ways. So I declared on oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. So see to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. For we have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold up to our original conviction firmly to the very end. You see... If we are a people whose hearts are always going astray because we, we, we refuse to bring our opinions under the truth and the, of, of his word and his preceding word, then we will always go astray and we will never truly know his ways. And if we don't know his ways and we can't enter into that truth or that truth can't enter into us, then you can't enter into his rest. 
We have got to be a people that learn that it's unless I give up my opinion, unless I give up that which I've always thought about myself, that which I've always said about myself, that which other people have spoken over myself, unless I give those and willing to submit them, I do not know how to enter into his rest. Because I can't. Because his word says so. We have to be people that are, are willing to hear that which God is doing in the house right now again. Discipleship is not just a course. It's not just something to keep you out on a night out. It's something that is going to save your life because it allows you to know his truth. So in every situation that you walk into, you know how to stand on his word. And here's the thing. You actually know what his word is. And then not only do you know what his word is, but you know the way to stand on that word. You know how to progress in that word and you know how to become an overcomer. That's what every member of this house is to be, is an overcomer. Where we, will not be, we will not be held back in the strongholds. We will no longer be held back in the things that contain us. But we'll be people that are free and liberated in the rest of our king. So this place is a residence of our king. Not, he doesn't just visit us from time to time. But this is his residence on here on earth. And we enter in daily in every situation. But there is hope that if we, if we do not harden our hearts, but we encourage one another daily. I'm telling you, encourage one another. It's time for us to start challenging each other. It's time for us to stop being church people and start being God's sons and daughters of the living God and start saying, you know what, I'm concerned about you because you're not entering in. What is it? What, am I, what, what, what is it that's going on? We have to begin in the right spirit. As long as it is called today, there is hope for you. As long as it is called today, while there are people who, who are in this house, we can come and we can help each other. Because we are here to share in Christ. That is why this year, Christ must be revealed. If Christ is revealed in our midst, then our opinions begin to disappear and then the church is reformed. This is where we are right now. Can you see his church? That we are here this morning. In this place. So that's why we sing Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost, speak your truth. Speak your truth. It's time for some of you to stop being robbed of the things that God wants you to receive. This morning, I really want us to. Why don't you come up? Why don't you stand with me? Why don't you stand with me? And I can keep on talking. But I want you to stand with me this morning. I really feel so passionately in my spirit that the enemy has robbed so many of us. Of, of, of this life that Christ has wanted us to have. That the enemy has robbed us by putting opinions that say, I don't have a voice, or God doesn't love me enough, or I'm not worthy in this area. Or but some of us, we've allowed ourselves to become lazy, and our opinion is, well, as long as I turn up, I'm all right. As long as I, as long as I, just, as long as I just, you know, give a bit of money now and again, or as long as I'm a good person, then that's okay, God's pleased with me. No, God is calling us to the same standard. God is calling us to be our standard bearers for a nation, standard bearers for the nations. That's why we must be trained. That's why we must know his truth. That's why we must be nourished on his truth and be free in the liberty of his truth. Do you see this this morning, church? So come on, let's not harden our hearts. Come on, let's just raise our hands this morning. Let's raise our hands this morning. Father God, it is time for us to, to for, the, for, the, for, the, for the opinions of men to become replaced by the truth of our Father in heaven. It is time for us to stop, for us, for, for us to stop looking at those things that have been put on us. But for Holy, Holy Ghost, begin to, begin to move your living water inside the deep parts of our hearts right now. 
Father, let us enter into discipleship. Let us enter in afresh to the training that will allow us to take new territory for our lives, that will allow us to enter into freedom, that will allow us to enter into liberty, that will allow us to truly and properly enter your rest. Come on, should we just begin to submit your opinion. Say, Father God, from this day, revealing me the opinions that are holding me back, revealing me the strongholds that I have. I know God's already been speaking to some of you as I've been speaking. God's already pricking you. He's already prodding you. So begin right now. Make a decision. Submit them to him. Begin to submit them to him right now. Oh, Father God. Father God. So I submit. I submit right now. Oh, Father God. Speak your truth inside of us, oh God, this morning. Christ, reveal yourself to us. Reveal yourself to us, oh God. Let your truth supersede our opinions. Let your truth supersede our ways. Let your truth supersede us. Father, align us, adjust us, correct us, oh God. Approve us, oh God, this morning. Oh, Come on, the Holy Spirit's working this morning. Oh, Holy Spirit's speaking. All morning, God has set us up. All morning, God set us up this morning. His truth has to be spoken afresh. His truth has to be spoken. Oh, Father God, right now, work, work, work in us right now, Holy Ghost. Work with us, Holy Ghost. Oh, Father God, let us leave the cave. Let us leave the cave, oh God. Let us leave the cave. Oh, Father, church, you need to know this morning, the Lord says you're free to leave the cave. You're free to leave the cave. Oh, I am, I am taking you to a new place. I am taking you to a new place. Oh, Father God, we break the bondage of distress. We break the bondage of debt. We break the bondage of discouragement. We break the bondage of, 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 of hardship. We break the bondage of, of, of pain and anguish and heartache. The Lord says it's time. It's time. You can be free. It's time to let go. You can be free this morning. You can be free. Just let me come. Let me come. Let my water stir inside of you. Let the water of my Holy Spirit come and reveal a fresh truth, a fresh pattern. It's here for you. The preceding word is here. Oh, in the name of Jesus, right now. In the name of Jesus, right now. Oh, Father God. Oh, Father God. That's it. Keep talking to him. Just keep talking to him. Oh, Father God. Psalm 44. Praise be to the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for war, my fingers for battle. He is my loving God. And my fortress, my stronghold. He is our stronghold this morning. He is our stronghold. And my deliverer. And my shield. In whom I take refuge. And he who subdues people under me. Father God, we say you are our stronghold. No longer the stronghold of men, but the stronghold of our Father. We enter into your rest, O oh God. Oh, Father, let your truth, as we go home tonight, today, as we go home this week, Father, work on our hearts. Let discipleship become a fresh revelation in our hearts. Christ, reveal yourself. Jesus, reveal yourself to us afresh. Oh, Father God, let this house be a house reformed. So we may go and transform the cities, the nations, for your glory. And all God's people said...
Amen.